Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand. You know, people, we are bombarded by information. So much of information coming through and digitized and on your apps. And everywhere you go, there is information and there's misinformation. And there's so much of information that someone feels, hey, I'm already a proper sorry. You know what? Through my WhatsApp, I've got my distinction. I've passed on. You know, I've got it all. Every time I put it on, someone's giving me, uh, hey, COVID is this and that is that. But you know what? Truth. Huck, what is truth? What is truth? You tell me. You know, the noble Quran says, and truth shall prevail and falsehood perish. And Ahmadidah's favorite line, he said, Huck and Bathil, Huck will smash Bathil into smithereens. And to discuss the topic of uh, what is truth is our very own Sheikh Fahim, who is the uh, director of Islamic Lifestyles Solutions. Uh, Sheikh Fahim, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine, uh, beautiful Tuesday morning? Alhamdulillah, uh, alhamdulillah, doing a mashallah, Sheikh Fahim. We all ears about the topic. It's a very relevant topic. What is truth? The next 10 minutes is yours, Sheikh. Bismillah. Bismillah, So the question of what makes something true. And what caused me, uh, you know, sparked my interest in trying to create awareness on this subject is uh, after very, very many years, I started, you know, getting, you know, due to lockdown, we got a little bit more focused on social media. And, you know, especially now uh, coming onto Facebook and, you know, all of these things, we find that Muslims become very, very argumentative. And at the same juncture, you know, aside from us arguing over subsidiary matters, we find there are a lot of people out there who are hell-bent on vilifying Islam. Uh, and so we find, unfortunately, that some simple logic goes out of the window, and we need to understand now what makes something true. And so the problem with most information out there, most you know, people who are debating, debating parties or interlocutors, as we call them, we don't realize what essentially makes something true. You know, whether it's criminal law, whether it's science or many other fields, uh, truth is nothing but a concept, right? Uh, and what is actually meant by proof is conclusions drawn from either facts or observations. Now, scientists uh, come up with a hypothesis, but all they can do is collect evidence that points to something being true. Uh, so, example, a lawyer uh, has to now prove that something either did or did not occur because it happened in the past. Uh, but all it can do is provide evidence that seems irrefutable because sometimes that evidence can be 10%, and depending on how much of information we have, that 10% can either go to 5% or even 100%. That's the question of what makes something true is more relevant today uh, than ever before in this era of what we call alternative facts and fake news. Now, this brings us to a very, very important question, right? And that is, uh, pertaining to the subject of truth, uh, what is truth according to our tradition, according to the Islamic tradition, according to the Ahl-Sunnah or Jama'ah? If you have to pick up any uh, classical Islamic work, you'll find many of the ulama used to say, Qala Ahlul Haq. 
the people of the truth said, meaning you know, those people who, you know, we say the Ahl-Sunnah wal Jamaah, they were called Ahlul Haq. And this is, uh, according to the scholars, when we say truth, what do we mean? It is Al-Mutabiq Lil-Waqi'ah. That the truth is what corresponds with reality. And unfortunately, we find many Muslims today, their understanding of things does not conform with reality. So our tradition has to conform with reality. Alhamdulillah. And there is no greater reality, no greater al-haq in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So if you, and, and I hope our listeners pay careful attention to this, because this is what we define truth and falsehood is. Truth is when one says about what is, it is, and one says what is not, is not. And falsehood is when one says about what is, it is not. And when one says about what it is not, that it is. That is truth, right? So when we define truth, we don't just define truth as truth. We define truth both ways with the positive and the negative by also identifying falsehood positively and negatively. This is why when Surah Al-Fatiha is recited, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not just say, Surah Al-Mustaqeen and leave it there. No, he tells us, Surah Al-Ladina, right? And he tells us that this is Surah Al-Ladina, this is the path that you need to go to. And then he also gives us the negative, غير المغضوب عليهم للطالين. He shows us the positive and he shows us the negative. Now we have to ask ourselves, well, where does Reside. The answer is and always been located in the subject of logic. And you will agree, Shafazai, that we find many people today doing many, many illogical things out there. So the subject of logic in classical Islam uh, was very, very important, right? And so in order to articulate logic, we have to know the simple concepts of proposition. Okay, so Ulama used to always say, uh, you know, that truth resides in the house of the proposition. Okay, and this is very, very important. Now, this is why you'll find that our Ulama, they didn't spend too much time focusing on proving the existence of God Almighty. Rather, they focused on the words of the Prophet Muhammad, alayhi salatu Why did they do this? Because the words proposed, the propositions articulated by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa if you could prove that the things that he said were true, then in essence it necessarily followed that he was a prophet of God. Hence, you'll find scholars of Islam dedicating hundreds and thousands of books to the subject of eschatology. Because if you could prove the prophecies made by Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa then it necessarily followed that he got this information from the ultimate truth, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what we have to be careful about is with logic, with proposition, this comes from the mindset of people. Writings come from the hands of people. And so the house of proposition and the house of propositional supposed truth also can have falsehood. And this is where it gets a little bit dangerous because we do know that even in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
there were people out there, um, you know, who, who even claimed prophethood. So what I tried to do is to to you know, to bridge this kind of gap uh, is by creating a little program, a little course where we get Muslims to study and get back into the concept of classical Islamic work through logic, through debate uh, and adab and this kind of thing. And we go into history. Remember, people like Aristotle, uh, you know, who developed uh, through their work, you know, logic takes the form that we have today. But it was through medieval Islamic scholars like Al-Farabi, uh, you know, Ibn Sina, and not to forget the great Imam al-Ghazali, uh, uh, who did such tremendous work in this field that the modern world today are also benefiting from the works of, of Islamic scholarship. Yet, unfortunately, we as Muslims, we don't know how to define simple things, and we see this little you know, uh, pockets of bickering over subsidiary matters. We don't know when to walk away from an argumentation. And that's because we don't know how to articulate the truth. Uh, we are in a quagmire of confusion uh, constantly. So this becomes a little bit of a problem. Uh, and that's because we don't know how to, how to articulate simple truths. We don't know how to look at, you know, if A is greater than B and B is greater than C, we can't come to a simple conclusion that A is greater than C. And these simple logic is what makes insan, uh, hayawan, and natuk, uh, the cognitive animal uh, that we are. And as a result of these simple, basic understandings, uh, we can't approach the Qur'an. We can't approach the sunnah of Rasulullah I'll just conclude one example of how the Qur'an shows us that sometimes you have to be logical as well in order to find the truth. When Nabi Ibrahim looked at the moon, and when he looked at the moon rising, he said, this is my Lord. Then what happened? And when it set, right, when the moon set, and when it said, he said, unless my Lord guide me, I will surely be among the people gone astray. What did he do? He looks at the moon. This is basic logic. So what Nabi Ibrahim is saying is that my Lord is not a thing which sets at our first premise. The second premise is the moon sets. The conclusion, the moon can therefore not be good. And so he logically comes to the conclusion that the people are worshipping something that comes to an end, and my Lord is not something that comes to an end. Therefore, it is not God, because God Almighty is eternal. So truths can be unraveled through deep contemplation on natural causation. So this is the point that we're making. What is truth? How do we come to the conclusion of truth? The only way we can do this is to get back to the Quran, get back to the Sunnah, get back to the teachings of the four schools of Islamic thought, get back in touch with the works of the ulama, get back in touch with the scholars, and study. And as a result of that, inshallah, increase our connection with the Deen, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep us on the path of truth, inshallah. Inshallah, I mean, uh, Sheikh Rahim also reminds me of what Malik al-Shabaz said. He said, the media is so powerful, it can have you loving the oppressor and hate those that are oppressed. And yes, uh, Sheikh Rahim, as you said, we need to have our priorities right. 
And, you know, as you said, I, I believe you'll be holding a course uh, uh, on, on, on this, uh, uh, some details on that, Sheikh Fahim. Yeah, inshallah, on the 18th of January, it will also be made available online. I'm starting a course on uh, the art of debate and argumentation. Uh, so it will be about eight lessons. We will be dealing with the, the adab, the etiquette of how people can enter into dialogue. We'll be doing an outline of logic. Uh, we'll be teaching the Quran and argumentation, the Sunnah and argumentation, because we find that unfortunately we don't have etiquette. Uh, you know, people have a simple argument and then they start calling each other kafir over silly matters. <laughs> so this will, inshallah, teach people the et- uh, etiquette, mm. the ethics uh, that are required of a Muslim. Remember, on social media, you find Muslims swearing each other and the non-Muslim is laughing. And then they take the opportunity uh, to bring in their viewpoint and to promote their views. We have to be cognizant of these matters because it's dawah at the same time. Sheikh Fahimi, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just pause for a moment and I said how relevant you are, Allah, you know, give you success. You're really showing a lot of keenness and, you know, you're a word in season. We embrace you. We celebrate you. You have a mashallah day ahead and uh, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khairan. You too and to the listeners. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir, time for us to go for our break. When we get back, uh, inshallah, Abu Bakr that will be joining us on Muslim News. Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand.